Bibles, and we'll turn to the book of Romans, uh, chapter 12, here tonight, Romans chapter 12. And as you're turning there, again, we've kind of wrapped up our thoughts on gifts, spiritual gifts, and uh, again, spiritual gifts are things that God graciously gives us to use within the church body, and certainly without the church body, and these gifts are given to us by the Lord, and they certainly vary one uh, uh, between each member. And again, the Bible talks uh, a lot about gifts, and we've been uh, spending some time on that. So again, just uh, consider what your gift is and try to use it here in the church and uh, for God's glory and God's uh, kingdom. Uh, but uh, we're going to consider here tonight kind of a little bit of change in, in uh, gear here a little bit as we consider the subject of love that comes up here in Romans chapter 12. And so, again, we're going to just read in Romans chapter 12, which deals with the subject of love and how love should be dispensed and, and how Christians should uh, show love. And so we're going to consider some thoughts on that subject here tonight. But let's begin by Romans in uh, Romans chapter 12, verse number 9, we'll read to the end of the chapter. And uh, we'll consider here uh, tonight some practical guidance on the subject of love for church members. And uh, specifically, we'll be looking at how the people of God should love each other in a personal kind of manner and in way that is explained here in the Word of God. And so let's go ahead and read here Romans chapter 12, verse number 9. It says, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, and cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another, not softful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality, Bless them that persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that do weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in thy, your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth within you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him the drink. For in doing so, thou shalt keep coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. I want to look at here tonight some practical thoughts on the subject of love, but we'll specifically look at how we should love within the church or love as brethren. Let's go ahead and pray here tonight and we'll consider this subject. Father, thank you again for your word here tonight. Thank you again for this passage. This last part of Romans chapter 12, I pray that it could be a help and, uh, and, a, and again, encouragement and an exhortation to us in this subject of love. Help us by your grace to know more about this tonight than when we came. Help us by your grace to take in the word of God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I just want to mention here in, in Romans chapter 12, the last part of the chapter, you'll find three general relationships that the Bible talks about. And so 
We're going to try to talk about especially just one here tonight, but uh, when it comes to general relationships, uh, we divide relationships into different categories. Uh, maybe you have the category of family as a relationship. You might have the category of friends as a relationship. You might have the category of acquaintance as a relationship or stranger or enemy or whatever it might be when it comes to relationship. Uh, but here we find uh, three categories of relationship that Paul encourages the brethren uh, to have the right kind of relationship with. It starts out there, first of all, with that of family relationship, not specifically fleshly family relationship, but spiritual family relationship. Uh, In verse number 10, the Bible says, be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. And so it talks about this brotherly relationship. In verse number 16, it says, be of the same, one, same mind one to another. Uh, mind not uh, high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in thy own conceit. And here it mentions, be of the same mind one to another. And uh, certainly in verse number 13, it talks about the same kind of the relationship, this family, saintly, spiritual relationship, distributing to the necessity of the saints. And so when it comes to life, uh, Paul and the scriptures tell us how we can practically and helpfully live as far as personal relationships are concerned. And there is, first of all, in this passage of scriptures, uh, spiritual relationships between brothers and sisters in Christ, and it tells us here how to love within that relationship. But it also tells us how to love when it comes to public relationships. We would call these maybe neighborly relationships. You see there in verse number uh, 17 and 18, it says, Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things that are honest in the sight of all men. And so it mentions here for us to provide for, uh, again, in, in a sense, for, for all men. In verse number 18, If it be possible, as much as lieth within you, live peaceably with all men. And so there's a second tier of relationships there's family relationships and there's again brotherly relationships and and then the secondly there's public or neighborly relationships are all men relationships and it tells us how to love all men here in this passage of scripture but it also talks about thirdly and finally just want to mention that verse number 19 through 21 deals with enemy relationships and uh, certainly this would be another category, maybe a third category. We would maybe call it strangers or, or enemy relationships. Verse 19 says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but, but rather give place to wrath. For as written, vengeance is mine. I will prepay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him to drink. Uh, for in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head. And so again, it mentions a third uh, tier of relationships, the enemy relationship, uh, distant relationships. And so again, life is made up of different relationships and we need to understand how we as believers should live within these realms of relationship. And I'll just say this, I'm not someone, again, who's in, again, a big, uh, I have great understanding when it comes to human relationships, but certainly the word of God has a lot to say on this matter. And so I want to consider here, uh, tonight, some thoughts on how the people of God are to love. How the people of God are to love, or how 
Again, how can we practically love within a church kind of relationship? In verse number nine, it gives us some uh, pointers, and we'll consider six of them here tonight. And again, I don't know if I'll get to all six here tonight, uh, but I'll try to cover as much as I can here tonight. But there are six ways, at least, that we can love in this family, this people of God, this spiritual relationship. First of all, we should love honestly and openly in this relationship. In verse number nine, it says this, let love be without dissimulation, abhor that which is evil, and cleave to that which is good. Let love be without dissimulation. So express love in a non-dissimulating fashion. Dissimulate is to pretend. It is to make something up. It is not to be someone who is open and honest with someone uh, when it comes to, again, a matter. Let love be without dissimulation. And it goes on and says, abhor that which is evil and cleave that which is good. And so, again, our love needs to be of an honest kind of a love. It is, again, here, in some ways, it is uh, tempered by both truth and righteousness. Abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. And uh, so we need to love without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. And someone says, well, how do you do that? Well, let's turn to Matthew chapter 22. Jesus gives us instructions on, on what is the great commandment. And uh, it's easy, possibly, for Christians to forget uh, what is the great commandment. What is it that we are most to be focused on doing as Christians or being as Christians? Uh, Matthew chapter 22 and verse number 39, the Bible says here, and the second commandment is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Uh, so we're to love the Lord with all our soul and mind and all that uh, stuff it says in soul, in verse number uh, 37. And then should, we should love our neighbor as ourselves. And so a uh, part of our life is the relationships of dealing with other people. And dealing with people, we need to be honest in those relationships and not be faking when it comes to that kind of uh, relationship or insincere in that kind of relationship for a Christian to say, I love you to, to a fellow believer. It's not something that should be said lightly, but it should be something that's backed up with words and with the truth and with the life and living love according to the Bible. Let's turn to John chapter 13. Again, there's a lot of different passages that deal with the subject of love and certainly again, just uh, talking this subject is a very vast subject, but uh, we are to love without dissimulation, without it, having not uh, like unto it. And we are to abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. Uh, John chapter uh, 13, verse number 35, the Bible says this, By this shall ye all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one to another. You're going to know your God's disciples, if there's love between believers and, again, expressions of love between believers. And so, again, love is not a bunch of words. And, and I, I say this, there's, there's really a, a none, none, none of the talk that doesn't back up the walk is not love. And again, much love today is all talk and, and much love today is sometimes in words only. 
But uh, let's turn over First John chapter 3. Again, uh, love needs to be manifest both in deed and in truth. And I just want you to see this uh, verse here. As again, it tells believers here that uh, our love not, needs to be more than just words. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue. Well, that sounds like if you just stop there, you should never tell someone maybe you love them or whatever it might be. But it, does, it doesn't say that. It says, but in deed and in truth. Uh, again, it's important maybe to express the words of love, but it's more important to show forth or manifest deeds of love, again, that's regulated by the truth. Not everything that people will say is love is love. And someone says, well, if you... If you, if you love me as a child, then you wouldn't spank me. Or maybe if you, if you love me, you would do this or that. But is it, again, regulated by the truth? If you turn back to Romans chapter 12 there, we find in our society, again, a society that knows little about the subject of love. But love is openly showing loves that are coupled by deeds and also there are manifestations of the truth. Again, uh, living and giving and sharing and all these kind of things are manifests of love when it comes to the truth. The Bible even says here that kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And so someone even could, again, maybe show, in a sense, kisses, but they could be deceitful. And so the Bible says, let love be without dissimulation. And so we need to be uh, honestly loving. We need to openly love so that people would see love rather than just hear it. I love you. I love the lost. I love other people. People need to see it. It needs to be manifest in a real way. And so, again, the Bible says here, first of all, it says, let love be without dissimulation of horror that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. It goes on and expresses also another uh, way by which we might love. And so I want to mention here, secondly, we need to love kindly and uh, uh, care, uh, caringly as believers. Uh, we see this expressed in Romans chapter 12, verse number 10. It says, be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in, in honor preferring one another. And so the Bible says we are to be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love. That is to be taking place between believers, a kindly, affectionate kind of love. This is not a sexual, sensual kind of a love, but truly an affectionate, brotherly love. It is not the affection of lover, lovers, but the affection of brothers or sisters in Christ. I think about brotherly love and I think about the word brotherhood. And I just want to mention there are several brotherhoods that you're probably familiar with. There's team brotherhood. Sometimes people will be part of a team and they'll say, uh, we be brothers. We are brothers on this team. Again, you see in the military, some will uh, state themselves as brothers there. You'll see sometimes in, in Christian realms, people talk about themselves as sisters and brothers and this, again, talks about a bond. This talks about a kindred spirit between them. You even see it between children. I remember, again, a, it's been a few years now, I think it's been now, but uh, there used to be a, 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 guy, a kid that I used to visit there, uh, I try to bring to church on Sundays, and 
and that sort of thing. And sometimes I bring uh, Josiah with me, and 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 this little this little kid would talk to my son and call him my brother. Now they weren't brothers; they didn't look like each other's. They weren't really even that close to each other, but they talked to themselves as brothers. And again, when it comes to the brotherhood. Again, I believe, again, we should be like onto maybe some of these brotherhoods where there's this kindly, affectionate type of a life between believers. It's warm-hearted. It's thoughtful. It's helpful. It's intense. It's deep. It's real. It's not fake. Love is to be of a kindred kind. Again, having similar affinity. Having a common household. Having the Father as our Father and we being sons and daughters. Being part of the household of faith, Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. And so the Bible speaks in, in several different passages about brotherly love. But I'd just like to have you turn, if you would, uh, over to 1 Peter chapter 3. A common faith, a common bond, common goals, a common Savior, a common Father, uh, children of God. It's all children of the same family, following the same scriptures, having like birth, being born again, should lead to a brotherly kind of affection, a brotherly kind of uh, a love between each others. First uh, Peter here, uh, chapter, I think I hopefully sent you there, First Peter uh, chapter 3 there, First uh, Peter chapter 3, when it comes to Again, brotherly love, it is something that should continue. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1, it says, let brotherly love continue. Sounds pretty simple, but again, it's something that needs to continue. Let brotherly love continue. 1 Peter chapter 3 and, and verse number 8, it says, Finally, be ye of one mind, having compassion, one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful. Be courteous. And so in a brotherly relationship, there is pity, there's courteous, there's compassion. And so again, you think about how would you treat a brother or sister in real life? You would love a blood brother a certain way. You would love a blood sister a certain way. You would be there for them. You would be a friend to them. You would be a kindred and help to them. And so again, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love, uh, the Bible says there. And so let's turn back to Romans chapter 12. And so how do we love within the church? We should love in an honest and open way, in word and in truth. We should love in a kindly and charitable way or caring way as a brother or sister would love each other. In verse 11, it says in honor, it goes on there, it says in honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Certainly, again, within this, again, special uh, group of people, these Christians, there's going to be, again, a desire to serve the Lord together. But you see here, again, a, a focus on something else that is expressed in love, uh, true love, and the love that we should express between members in the, in the church body. It says, in honor, preferring one another. Preferring one, in honor. And so we should love respectfully and we should love practically. 
respectfully, not slothful in business, uh, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. We all have the same goal in general. We, we in honor, prefer one another. And uh, preferring one another means we prefer probably to help one another. We prefer to promote the other. We prefer the, the, that someone help us rather than uh, the other way around where they help the help coming uh, the other way. And so, again, you find, again, the value of the brethren. And uh, again, in, in a right relationship within the church, there should be this respect between the brethren, respect for one another, in honor, preferring one another, honoring each other. Uh, let's turn to Philippians chapter 2, verse number 8. Now, I'm not saying this is always there, and, and, but I'm saying this should be there. Again, this, this kind and caring kind of a love between brethren, this brotherly love. There should be this respectful and helpful kind of a love here that leads to service. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 and, and verse number 3, the Bible says, Let nothing be done with, uh, through uh, strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let us esteem others better than ourselves. And so if we're in the right spiritual mindset, we should think of others better than ourselves. Vowing the, the brethren, in a sense, better than yourself. You say, well, in the church, maybe some are gifted with different abilities, etc. I get that. And we know that. But yet the Bible says that we should prefer the other. And that we should esteem others better than ourselves. And uh, we should serve each other. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 5. Now someone might say, well, I'm in a position where I'm a helper, and that's a leader, or vice versa. That's a leader, and I'm a helper, uh, whatever it might be. Wherever you are in, in the church of God, you should be in a position of, of, of seeking to help and bless the other. Love as brethren. Fervently, practically, and respectfully seek to serve each other and compliment each other. In the church body, Galatians chapter 5, verse number 13, it says, For brethren, you have not been called to liberty, only use not this liberty for an occasion to flesh, but by love serve one another. And so there's this need to serve the other by love. Not because you have to or you're forced to, but by love serve one another. Let's go back to Romans chapter 12. How to love in a brotherly kind of manner in the church. We see here some pointers on that. And again, I just want to, again, kind of couple uh, three, three thoughts together here coming from verse number 12. But uh, I want to mention here how we can love. We can love in a positive, patient, and prayerful manner. Again, these all go together. This verse, again, is one verse. And uh, it says in verse number 12, it says they're rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation, continuing in prayer. And so we're all involved with this thing together. And it mentions here, again, uh, loving through a hopeful manner, rejoicing in hope. And uh, again, the, the Bible says our focus should be on hope. And what is hope? Things that are concrete, things that are sure to come. And what do we believe as believers? Well, let's turn to... 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We, we believe, we believe, and we hope for things that are concrete. We hope for heaven. And we believe and we know that one day we'll be there. We hope and believe in a rapture. 
And we, again, hope and believe that God will provide. And we hope and believe that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 58, it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, uh, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain the Lord. And so we love by rejoicing in the things of the Lord. We rejoice in hope. Let's turn back to that text there. We rejoice in hope. We believe that God one day will raise us from the dead. We believe in the resurrection. We hope in the future. And uh, again, this keeps us focused in the, in the right manner. But it also mentions that we're patient in tribulation. Now, someone says if you're in tribulation, you can't be rejoicing. But yet these are coupled together. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. And so you see there again a focus on that which is concrete. We see ourselves there patient in tribulation. And so we're going through tribulation at times together. And we go through trials together. But we, we in patience show love. And then we pray for one another. We pray to God. It says there, continuing instant in prayer. And so we see a believer, again, is to focus on that which will give them hope. And so we're positive as far as things are concerned. But we're patient and we're prayerful in all these things. And as we, we come together, that's our focus. We have, again, trials and tribulations to go through and we're patient with those. We trust God and we pray to God during those tribulations, those trying times. And yet we hope in the future. Let's turn to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Praying for each other. Uh, praying and interceding for each other. This is part of loving each other. And uh, certainly again, being patient with the one another. And certainly again, seeking to uh, uh, again express hope and, and rejoicing in our, in, our, in, our, in, our, in our goals for each other, in our goals for God together. Uh, James chapter 5, verse 13, it says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is there any uh, sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he had committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Uh, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And so we should confess our faults, but not only confess our faults, but also be in prayer one for another. And so again, that's how we should love within the church. Be praying one for another, be patient with one another, and rejoice together in our hope that we find in scriptures. Let's turn back to Romans chapter 12 there, verse number 13 and verse number 14. How do we love within the church? How do we love as believers? We love by sharing and we love by blessing. We find this in verse number 13 and verse number 14. He says, distributing to the necessity of the saints. Given to hospitality, bless them that persecute you. Bless and curse not. And so someone says, how can you love as a Christian, by sharing, distributing, 
the necessity of the saints. If there's something that Christians need, Christians are willing to, by love, distribute or give to other saints. Also, it mentions giving to hospitality. Can you see this practice in places even like today in Poland? I mean, people are coming all... Can you imagine how many Ukrainians are going in Europe? And they're looking for a place to live. And there are people in Poland and other places, they're opening their houses and their homes to people. And some of these are Christians, again, opening their houses to Christians, certainly unbelievers to unbelievers, but again, they're sharing and they're given the hospitality and they're seeking to be a blessing. And uh, it mentions there in, in verse number uh, 14, it says there, uh, bless them that persecute you. Bless and curse not. And uh, again, uh, someone might be in a position where maybe someone's persecuting them and someone says, well, what should I do here? As a, as a, as a believer, you should bless and curse not. And so we should be focused on blessing. Hebrews 13 says we are to entertain strangers by which we may end up entertaining an angel unawares. And so in relationships, certainly again with Christian relationships, there should be this focus on uh, on sharing and seeking to bless one another. And I'm just going to cut through some area here, but let's go to Romans chapter 12 and verse number 15 and 16. I'll just cover this last point here. Uh, tonight, as we consider how we are to love in a biblical way within the realm of Christianity. Romans chapter 12, verse number 15 and verse number 16. I want to say here, finally, we need to love with passion and compassion in a personal way. You know, if your own brother or sister died tonight, how many would you cry? Your mom, your dad, your cousin, your friend, a lot of you would cry, right? What, what, if your, what if your son, daughter, friend, uh, close family member, you know, had some great experience in life? They, they, they achieved something or uh, they did something, they rescued someone and, or something along that lines. And, and uh, they, they helped someone in a fire situation. They helped them in a family situation. They were a great blessing to them. Uh, what would you do? in those kind of situations. You would personally be bonded to that situation. Romans 12, verse 15, it says, Rejoice with them that rejoice. And so if we are to love like we should love, we should rejoice in the triumphs of fellow believers, the achievements, the blessings, the recognition, the bonuses, whatever might help, whatever comes in their life. We rejoice with them that rejoice, just like, We rejoice with someone in our family concerning maybe something that happens in their life. But also, the Bible says there, and again, this is a way that we, I believe we should also love, is we weep with them that weep. We weep with them that weep. We share the sorrows of those that we call brethren, those that are spiritually part of the kingdom of God, those that are maybe in our church or whatever it might be. And so we We weep with those that weep. We show sorrow. Sorrow. When something may come, you know, bad into their life. Or whatever it might be. Verse 16, it says, Be of the same mind one to another. 
So we're all going to be of the same kind of mind. You know, we, we live in a different mindset here in the North. We, we really do to some degree. And I just want to say it's probably not that biblical, especially when it comes to the rest of the world in general. We're a very stoic type people. We are not very caring type of a people. Uh, we do not consider what other people are going through. We do not uh, share what people need sharing and whatever it might be. And I'm not saying all of us or whatever, but I'm just saying uh, Northerners in general, in my estimation, in my experience, are kind of cool when it comes to relationships rather than warm when it comes to relationships. And so when we read things like be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love, we think, well, can't do that. Some will get the wrong idea there. If we really try to be someone who cares in a caring type of a manner towards somebody else, they might get the wrong idea. But yet we are to be affection. Again, what, what happens to other people should affect our life. And so we see there, in, again, in Romans chapter 12, verse number uh, 15, it says, Rejoice with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep. And so we, again, we share in, in, in love, we share in the triumphs and the tear, tearful times uh, that come into the lives of the brethren. Rejoice in the victories, rejoice sometimes in difficult times and times of tribulation. And then we certainly are to be of the same mind. Verse 16 says that we are to be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. And we're not to be a proud people, but to be a humble people. How can we love? We see there are several different uh, thoughts on how to love. In verse number uh, 9, it says, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. It should be an honest, holy, open, scriptural kind of love. It should be, again, a kindly, affectioned love, as it's mentioned there in verse number 10. It's also a caring kind of love. It says to be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. And then 11 says, be not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. We certainly need to be in a respectful and practical way, seeking to serve one another and help one another through life. And then we need to position, be uh, positive and patient and prayerful as brethren. We need to fifthly be sharing and, and, and blessing one another as we have opportunity to do so as brethren. And then we have, need to have passion and compassion as brethren, as we find in verse number 15, 16, rejoice that with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one to another, mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate, be wise in your own conceits. And it goes on to talk about the neighbor and the enemy, but we're not going to talk about them tonight. I'm going to stop here tonight. How to love. Here's some thoughts on it. Let me encourage you to love as the Bible would teach you. All right, let's close in prayer here tonight.